Welcome to another episode of Not Just a Game. I'm Catherine Flick. And I'm Tia Fothergill. And we are still at Ethicomp uh, 2018. Well, it's actually. Still! It's just finished, but we have another extremely <coughs> special guest to talk with us today. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, dear. <laughs> We're a little knackered. Yeah, these these slightly slap happy musical musical notes brought to you by um, lack of sleep. Um, uh, anyway, we have mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Adams. Who? It, what, do you want to just tell us who you are and, and what you do? What's your deal? I'm the deputy director of the Centre for Business Information Ethics at Meiji University in Tokyo. I have a PhD in computer science. I have a master's degree in law. My, I teach in a business school. My research is mostly applied ethics and social science. Great. So do you like playing games? I do. I have been a uh, board gamer, tabletop roleplay gamer and video gamer most of my life. I'm uh, a classic 80s geek in that respect. I don't play that many games these days, partly because I have a family and a busy job, but I do play some. We recently... Uh, Got a PlayStation Three, and I've uh, worked my way through uh, Little Big Planet and Little Big Planet Two with just, my seven-year-old. Let, let's just stop that. You, you <coughs> recently got a PlayStation a Three. Yes. Wow. Wow. You really are up with retro. This. It's retro gaming. Retro right? gaming, it's pretty retro much gaming. these days. <laughs> but anyway, the um, the reason I was really interested in getting you to come and talk uh, is that at last Ethicomp, which seems like a really long time ago, you yes. gave a really great paper about Pokemon Go. As our listeners know, we we have a little bit of we have things to say about in Pokemon that, in that area. <laughs> Pokemon Go. <laughs> so, can you just tell us about your experiences or what you found interesting about Pokemon Go? Yeah. So, as I say, I live in Tokyo, and uh, of course, that was one of the first places where it was released. So, it hit the wave earlier. And it was more visible in Tokyo and it was getting a little bit of news coverage in Japan before it hit the mainstream in many other places. So when it hit in places like the UK and the US, I was already aware of this growing wave. It was a really big thing. It took off very, very quickly and very, very strongly in Tokyo. But I noticed it had some issues. The most notable one to me, with, with a young child, I take her to the local park fairly often and they have as they do in most places the sorts of uh, kids play equipment areas you know swing slides Mm -hmm. climbing stuff and fairly quickly after Pokemon Go started picking up there were lots of people standing around these public parks which is fine you know it's a perfectly reasonable place but they were not just keeping to the places where it was a free-for-all area of the park they were also encroaching very heavily on these areas of the kids play areas Um, and so what happened was the park management were putting up these not strong barriers they were just putting up rope lines or Mm. um, these these thin plastic sheets yeah a a perimeter around the kids play areas Mm. um, with just these you know metal poles with with plastic uh, bits Mm -hmm. around them but with signs on But they didn't specifically say, and this is very Japanese, they didn't specifically say, please don't come in here to play Pokemon Go. They said, this is an area for children to play. Please don't use your uh, mobile devices in here. But it was clear, you know, I mean, the the parents, I'm standing there and I'm taking photos of my daughter on my smartphone (laughs) instead of sharing them with my wife and my mother-in-law. And, you know, nobody was, was, that's not what they were telling you not to do, you know, because that's something everybody does when Mm. they take their kids there, you know, they they, they take pictures of them. So that was the the issue there that, that raised it with me was that, okay, this is perfectly reasonable in most of the park, although it was, you know, 
really overloading the park. Mm. Um, even in the other areas, to some extent, it was such a surge. Mm. But the the fact that people were violating a social norm that this was a place for the kids. Mm. You know, this mm. is this is the city is spending significant amounts of money to build and maintain these play areas, and it's for the kids. Yeah. And there's other areas in the park. <clears throat> And that, so that sensitised me to the first issue that comes out of Pokemon Go, which is that when you have this blanket augmented reality thing where they include almost everywhere in the play zone, mm, yes. then it has the significant potential to cause disruption. And so from that, I started considering and keeping an eye on the on the uh, news reports of other issues that were coming out. Mm. And I mean, so certainly like Niantic, who, who makes Pokemon Go, they, they became aware of this relatively quickly because they <laughs> let people yeah. report Pokestops that were in like bad places, for example. Or places that they should have been forbidden. Like, yeah, like yeah. Like government installations in certain unnamed countries. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not an easy thing to do you have to actually I think write you had to write an email um, so there was a quite a large barrier to people and you also had to be playing the game to a certain degree to actually know firstly know where they are and then secondly be able to know what to report right because yeah, why is it objectionable and you have to be aware enough of the disruption or, or whatever other violation. yeah but also you need to know what the name of the pokestop is quite <laughs> so yeah. I mean do you think that, well, that was, it's even called a pokestop yeah or a gym or whatever right, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah do you think that their response was reasonable well it, it, it's one of the, it's one of those things like how do you get there well i wouldn't start from here <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. and it, it, and this is what partly what um, inspired me to write the paper which is okay these were the the guys who were the first ones to really crack that concept Mm, with ingress, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, but but to crack it and make it a big thing, you know, mm-hmm. ingress was a, a success, but not but this not huge the thing. And yeah. and that was one of the things that that you know they the, they learned some lessons from ingress clearly, but they didn't learn the the quantum leap ones when it just got so big. Yeah, scalability um, was yeah, not, it, really, it, not really sustained. Yeah, and to some extent, I, my paper isn't saying Niantic bad. You know, it wasn't saying bad, bad boys. Yes. It, it was saying, <laughs> and okay. And people of other genders. <laughs> it was saying, okay, this happened. It was a new thing. And with the best will in the world, and whether or not they had a solid attempt to look mm. at the implications or not before, mm. with the best will in the world, this sort of prospective consideration of, of ethical and regulatory issues is always going to have blind spots. There's always going to be things that emerge which just you can't reasonably expect anybody to see all possible ones. Mm. And having had that, they did a moderately reasonable response, I think. Mm-hmm. I, there, there were things they could have done better. Some of them were things that were it just wasn't possible to do them in the time scale needed to... to, mm. to to cope with it that quickly, mm-hmm. but others were they could have put more resources into making it things like they could have released a report a problem app, yeah. for example, yeah. that just said there is a problem with Pokemon Go here, and that mm-hmm. I'll ask you for your location information, mm-hmm. and didn't require you to install the Pokemon Go app. It didn't require you to know even what was going on yes. with the game, what was causing the issue. Yeah. It could have just been, 
I am reporting an issue here and maybe if you do you want to write something about what the issue is or just mm. you know say report a problem here mm, yeah. and then you know then they could have done things well you know if one person reports a problem there maybe we don't worry and they I don't mean, say do what it is but things. you know if if lots of people report a problem in an area at least some of them are likely to give you the next stage of this is a problem because x because this is a really sketchy area or because mm. this is a dangerous physical place mm. yes um or because this is a place where it's being used inappropriately mm. and uh, if some people give you the detail and lots of people report it and if you make it easy for that to happen then you you, the you, 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 you can you can more easily address it within the yeah. game and even look at doing some automation of, of mm. saying well what's there sure. Is it a pokey gym? Is it a spot that people have dropped? Because I don't actually play it, I don't, so I don't, I don't <laughs> know the uh, um, all the, the details of, yeah. of uh, the 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 lure bits. Oh, the lure stuff. Oh, so lure. That, that, yeah, you, you put those on the gyms yeah. legs and on, and Pokemon po- on Pokemon. Stops. Actually, only on Pokestops. stops. I don't yeah. think you put them on gyms. Yeah, you, can put yeah. Them on um, you know, so people can say, you know, I I, I noticed I noticed some young kids mm. hanging around this area, which is a bit sketchy, and mm. um, I'm not sure why, but. You know, and they can look at it and say, okay, that's a lure that's been set by somebody and people have reported it and a couple of them said it's a sketchy area and yeah. Well, then they mm. might then take away that poker stop because, yes. yeah. 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 And so, it, even the potential for automating some of that stuff because yeah. that's the problem. One of the problems with this is it, it, they they basically did a everywhere is is allowable except for those places that they restrict rather than doing it the, the, the more... Uh, so yeah, selective I mean, way. it's sort of interesting they because can... the way they set these poker stops and gyms up in the first place was actually really interesting as well. I don't know if you know about how that worked, but they used various maps. I think probably like OpenStreetMaps or even Google Maps or something like that. Probably Google Maps actually because they were working with Google for Ingress, mm-hmm. and yeah. they picked out all the the. The churches, basically any significant buildings, monuments, monuments <coughs> churches, and some other significant buildings, mm-hmm. and that those were put down as ingress portals, Portal, right? Yeah. But then you could also submit your own ones. So if you had like I don't know a significant tree artwork or artwork or, or something like that, yeah. or a university building <laughs> um, yes. that you wanted to kind of in some ways advertise, I guess, yeah, through virtually or, commemorate, yeah. You could write in through Ingress and, and suggest mm. and you had to have a picture and it had to mm. fulfill a bunch of criteria, right? But when they ported that over to over to, to Pokemon Go, they they took a lot of the, the, the churches. So mm. basically it seemed like churches and war memorials and things and other really significant buildings. Yes like the clock tower in Leicester city center mm-hmm. for example and they turned those into gyms and then all these mm-hmm. more minor ones were just the regular poker stops and that's caused a bit of this issue as well yeah. because Tia and I play a I, lot I, I yeah we, we play frequently but and I will not fight at two of the gyms that are in very close proximity to where I live because I mean partly out of petulance but my justification for my petulance is that I'm not going to fight at the effing war memorial. That's where I left my wedding bouquet. I'm not really interested in doing that. I know it's virtual. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, should, they should really have followed the Highlander dictum there, you know, not on holy ground, Highlander. Well, this is, this is yes. exactly, right? Yes. And the churches one. I'd, I'd like to talk about the churches yeah. one because yeah, that's, sure. really, that, that's one of the ones that, that really shows all the different aspects of this. Mm. First one. The data they were using was not perfect, mm-hmm. as data right. very, very rarely is. <laughs> ah, <And> data. <laughs> some of the churches were no longer churches. 
because yeah, there is, and, yeah, and in at least right. one case there was somebody who lived in a converted church this is saying i think in california somewhere yeah. near yeah. the west coast of the u.s i mean in the u.s there are a lot of churches there have been for a long time and some of them get repurposed mm-hmm. and unlike say the uk where churches tend to get repurposed into community halls or mm-hmm. other religions mm-hmm. you know there's yeah. there's one in reading where i used to live which which is now a um a sikh temple yeah we have some um, in leicester like you that. know um, uh, or, or there's others which have been converted into community spaces or commercial spaces but in america there's a lot more smaller churches which are just you know reasonable sized buildings that are perfectly reasonable to convert into apartments or homes and as demographics have changed and different denominations move and and just people get slightly less religious even in america churches have been repurposed into private premises offices homes etc and there was at least one where where again they weren't playing the game and they just didn't understand why suddenly their home was being inundated (laughs) and they, they found it very difficult yeah. first to figure out what was going on but they talked to the people and then to contact the Antec and get it fixed so that was the first one with churches the data was not perfect and mm. that was a problem because not all of these places were what I regard and have defined in other work as semi-public mm. um, a semi-public space is a space where somebody owns it mm. and they do have the right to bar somebody people or you know specific people or they can close it for a while at their own whim Mm. but the expectation is that most people are welcome to Mm. come in so things like shopping malls or or, or churches generally that semi-public space yeah yeah Yeah. but things get repurposed so Mm. that was the first one the other one was taking churches out entirely or leaving churches in actually a difficult one because quite a number of the churches were reported really liking this because it got young people to come and, yes. and, and get engaged in the church and you know they, they they didn't stand there and preach at them but you know they would put water out for them and, and they would try and engage them and, and use it as a way of, of outreach into the community particularly to, to younger people which yeah. um, the churches sometimes in these communities have difficulty reaching but some of the churches really didn't like it mm. um, you know and, and, and they didn't like the symbology I mean I'm not remembering any specific news reports on this but just my own understanding is that I would suspect a Quaker meeting hall would not be happy with this given that it's a pacifist religion I have two things to say about this for those who don't know I am a Quaker and uh, so we'll pick up on that and then I have something else to say about the churches kind of welcoming it I haven't spoken to friends about the fact that there is a gym at the Quaker Meeting House, but I will not fight at that gym. <laughs> not just because it's my meeting house, I would not fight at any meeting house. Why do I not have such a problem with, you know, saying to whomever the lesser? I I don't know, but I, it just doesn't bother me quite so much. Maybe, do, you want, do you want to explain why why right. why the, the, the fighting? At- why the no fighting? So no fighting at the war memorial for me is it's a memorial to the end of the Great War. It's like, let's... Let's not do this again, even though it seems like we probably will be. Let's really hope that we don't. And uh, just to remember these atrocities and definitely not fighting, even if it's like play pretend. For the Meeting House, there are sort of central tenets to being a Quaker. Peace, equality, truth and simplicity. Um, now, the way that you interpret these are, are many and varied, and, and Quakers are, are an incredibly diverse group of people in terms of their beliefs. Some of them are like, you know, I am I am also a Christian, some of them are not, some are Quaker and also, say, Hindu. It's complicated. But the peace part of this is pretty important, and just the, the pacifist aspects of, you know, the religious society of friends over time 
it's anti-war agitators having ambulance services just the the whole thing about being a quaker is you might be really upset about something and you're going to do something about it but that thing is not going to be violent and it is not going to I, I don't I say it's hilarious we're laughing because <laughs> listeners because right now there are military exercises going outside um, and then reenactors or, or, or no, I memorialists think war, I think it's a war memorial yeah, okay. yeah. so this is a very interesting uh, juxtaposition right so that's that's the short explanation of kind of why I won't find it Meeting House. I think it would be great to have it as a Pokestop. I like Pokestops uh, from an archaeological perspective because I think it, it opens up sort of the real world heritage to people who don't know what that thing is. There was a massive rock in Victoria Park that I walked by all the time and I never knew that it was memorial to US soldiers who died in war until it was a Pokestop. And I looked at the picture and I went, oh. Mm. Oh, right. So there are things like that. There's things like the Meeting House. Back to the kind of churches and buildings. There's a building uh, on the University of Leicester campus or right across the street from, I'm not sure how the property lines go. For historic reasons, it's quite complicated. But there's um, a structure called the Gatehouse, which is right between the university and the cemetery. And I don't feel comfortable chasing Pokemon or whatever in the cemetery, but there is a Pokestop at the gatehouse. And I was a volunteer layperson chaplain representing the Quakers at the university at the time the Pokemon Go was introduced. And there were all of a sudden, um, the <clears throat> Reverend Cannon, uh, who I will not name, said there are all these zombie students standing outside the gatehouse. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, let me tell you what they're doing. And so I got Pokemon Go up on my phone and I showed the other chaplains kind of what was going on. And they were like, oh, should we make them tea? <laughs> and, that, and it became this basis for kind of inter-community dialogue and it was actually quite a beautiful thing because their first reaction was irritation and their second was oh right well let's just let's just this thing is going on and it doesn't really matter whether it's a game or or, or anything else but these are people who belong to the university community right well let's just kind of engage them yeah, yeah. and it was quite a lovely response yeah. anyway so it's just some examples of what you were talking about <laughs> I think I think it's sort of um, interesting the it's, it's scale stuff right so mm. if you were not automating this um, with imperfect data and you were to create something in a, at a local kind of space where you have people who know about the history and and, and things and and the the particular complications of an area yeah, where yeah. things might be sacred or you know the holy ground <laughs> sort of thing you could actually create quite a nice um, sensitive un, um, Pokemon Go, but, but that's not scalable, right? Well, yes mm. and no. I mean, one of the things is, do we need this sort of data? Is it possible to crowdsource this sort of overlay on maps of a more social element, rather? Because the, uh, the data they were using had some concepts of some of these things. Um, you know, it had the, the definition of a church, a graveyards, and things like that. But again, you've got cultural sensitivities there, for example. Um, in Japan, the, the, the idea of chasing Pokemon amongst the graveyards would be, I think, not very, even more problematic than yes. it would be in, in, say, the UK. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know, because uh, the religious landscape in Japan is very complicated and difficult, uh, particularly for someone not raised in the culture. Mm-hmm. Of course, Pokemon comes out of Japanese mm-hmm. culture, and, mm-hmm. and, and to some extent it is the Shinto animism 
Yeah. Um, yes. Is, is, is very much an underlying element of, of, of Pokemon, particularly with the, the non-animal Pokemon style, you know, the rock-type Pokemon and, oh, and really? the other nature-type Pokemon. That yeah. comes clearly yeah, out of um, Shintoanimism. I would absolutely um, agree. That, that's very clearly, to me, part yeah. of a, a, a Japanese approach with everything as a spirit. So mm-hmm. that's, that's Shinto. But the graveyards in Japan are um, actually a Buddhist elements mm. um, and like you were talking about the Quakers where the, there's an overlap with uh, other religions rather than being a, a, a primarily a, a sole category mm. um, in Japan the large percentage of the population are the same way many people in the UK are default C of E although mm. they're not really yeah. practicing Christians mm. in Japan many people are sort of half Shinto and what, what are referred to as funeral Buddhists which is they will go to and expect to get a Buddhist funeral right. um, even though they're not really a believer um, it, it, it's, it's the cultural element, it's, it's so yeah. deeply ingrained with the culture, yeah. so therefore I'm, I'm not sure how this translates and the, the, the graveyards are very different so I'm not sure how it would translate but I mm. don't believe I've seen people chasing Pokemon in the graveyards so, yeah. Yeah. so it's, um, yeah. it's possible you might be able to, to try and get more of an overlay on this which also would be culturally sensitive but you'd have to tr- it, it's sort of a chicken and egg there though how do you get people to do that for you before the game becomes popular mm-hmm. which is what you need yes and maybe you know people like uh, Niantic and, and others trying to do these augmented reality games need to pull resources and try and use the existing games to extrapolate this social information about the social geography yeah. um, so that it can become a common resource and an added element to mm. the mapping resources that already exist with formal legal definitions sure. um, and put a social layer on top. Yeah, I mean, what ended up happening at the park, at your park? Yes, what's the, what was the... Uh, well, uh, basically, for about six months, they had this barrier, and people did. You know, Japan is very much a, a rules-following culture, so it didn't need to be much of a barrier. Mm. It was a reminder. It was a statement that you know this is this place is for the kids. So people did stay out, and, mm. and as it happened everywhere, the main craze died off. And mm. I still see in that park a fair number of people um, clearly playing Pokemon. But the crest of the wave passed, and mm. then you know, so after about six months, they took the barriers down again. Mm. Uh, but having had them there, I think those who still play now, and it's not just the fact that they are not so many of them and not overwhelming it, but also I think most people are now aware that you shouldn't chase a Pokemon into a kid's play area because it's dangerous for you and dangerous for them and it's not right. what that area is for. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because the more people played the game, the more they realised they didn't actually have to chase the Pokemon. Yeah. Um, all and you have be to... Because away. you can actually be quite some distance away as well and be kind of at a respectful distance, say, away from a kid's playground, but still be catching the Pokemon that happens to spawn over the kids' playground. Like, you don't actually have to be physically on top of it or anything. Um, so I think that there's probably also... I mean, yeah, the other things also is that they've, they've started doing these Pokemon Community Days, which is once a yes. month. Um, they basically put... Uh, there's a Pokemon that spawns more frequently than others, so... It's generally have, one that's a pain to catch or is yeah. not that usual. So the li- latest one was Chikorita, which yeah. was a one of the new start... Like, it was a starter Pokemon from one of the later games that mm. they recently added the Pokemon from. 
but what's what's been really interesting is people go out and for three hours you mm-hmm. wander around there are hugely increased spawns you have there's a bunch of other benefits and things mm-hmm. for for doing it but we were <laughs> we were out in our local botanic, botanic gardens, gardens on yeah. a community day because and why it, not enjoy the lovely botanic it was gardens a beautiful day it was sunny it was gorgeous chilly but you know it was nice and there were a whole load of other people and families you know yeah but guys. mostly young younger, younger people, people mostly. and this is a saturday morning at 10 a.m and some of the regular users of the botanic gardens at a saturday morning at, at 10 a.m and this is not a normal park like this is a park for people that like plants so you, you know it even, <laughs> <laughs> you get people who walk around it's this, a plant people park. it's a plant people park there's some sculpture garden and stuff like that so it caters to a certain area certain like- demographic Mm-hmm. And we were all wandering around. There's a couple of gyms there, mm-hmm. and people were standing around. We've actually got some great pictures of people yeah. all standing around the bottom of a tree, uh, not looking at the tree because, of course, it's a, it's a plant park, right? You look yeah. at trees, they're but they're all looking at the tree, and they're all they're looking at the phones phones. taking down a ray. And then this woman came up to us because I guess we looked kind of approachable, <laughs> and she said, "Why are there so many people here? And what are they doing?" And what is like, oh, well. Let me show you, you know, again, and it's kind but of a... She was like, but they're not enjoying the park. And I said, well, but we Actually, are enjoying the park. We would not be here. Why would we? Because because we could just walk up and down the main roads of Leicester and probably have more success, right? In some ways. In some ways, but it's not as nice. It doesn't yeah. mean that we also get the benefit of the kind of fresh air. And, and also it's, it's advertised as a get out into your community, go yes. to a park, enjoy yes. a park. Like that's enjoy, how your, it's... enjoy your friends. Yeah. Right? And it means that people who are sometimes socially hesitant to kind of talk to people, and people will recognise, especially in the it's UK. It's very obvious. Where, <laughs> where you're just kind of like, you know, um, like, are you, do you want to join the raid? Come on over and join the raid. Right? And it's yeah. that's quite... Nice, it's very inclusive and nobody, but because it's Britain, nobody expects anything further from me. No, no, you don't talk to people. Which is nice, I don't, yeah, you don't actually have a conversation. If you do have a conversation, it might be about the community day. How many Pokemon you've caught. Your phone, or something like that. It would be something that's quite contingent on that social context. But it was just, fat. this lady was just so fascinated by the fact there could be all these young people, as she called us, uh, which is very funny. I'm just like, lol. All these young people who are out in the park, but they weren't enjoying the park, but they were enjoying the park, and this is all very confusing, but I'm glad they're here. You know. Yes, yeah, so she seemed actually very pleased to see people. Pleased, I mean, she was a little confused and bewildered, but she was very happy to see it. There are these kind of negative disruptive forces, but we've also talked a little bit about some of the positive, particularly with the sort of outreach for the church, but, I mean, how do you feel about these kind of... I guess that I think the shift is now moving more to these attempts at sort of more positive interactions with the natural world and and the yeah. communities. I, there are, there are clearly benefits. Um, there are clearly things that that were good outside the fact that it was a popular and, and lucrative game. I saw one uh, um, one report for. Uh, and I've got no reason to believe that this is particularly unusual. I saw one report of a, a young mother who who had a, an autistic son. It had encouraged him to interact with people outside the home, which she said he almost never did before. Mm. And yes, people people who are a, a bit socially awkward, it gives you an icebreaker, mm. it gets you to engage with people, it gets you to engage with the, the environment. So there are clearly things that can be done on this. Typical ethicist, I tended to focus more on the uh, uh, the downsides um, in particular, because the the benefits are always going to be 
generally obvious. And of course, the issue of addressing the downsides, you need to know what the upsides are so that you don't remove completely or really undermine the benefits by by addressing the harms. Mm. And the other harm, of course, is, and I did briefly mention it earlier, is is the safety aspect. Mm. And that was the other main one, other than this question of partly property rights, but also social acceptability Mm. of just being there or what your activity was in some places, Mm. which was very much a social norm issue. and, And sometimes it was just lack of knowledge and confusion and, and when people found out what it was whether it was the, the chaplaincy saying should we make them tea or whether it was <laughs> the, 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 the older lady who's a regular at the botanical gardens saying it's nice to see these people but what are they doing here yeah. and it wasn't what are they doing here in my space it was what are they it doing here like, it was, yeah, they're, not, is, they're not <laughs> doing the same thing I am I'm confused yes. I'm happy they're here but I want to know yes. what they're doing mm-hmm. but the, the other side of this is, is, as well is that, is that some of the things they did were encouraging or at least ended up people acting dangerously Mm. to themselves or to others and that's something I really think they should have done more uh, consideration of particularly when they were hoping that it would become a mass activity Mm. yeah yeah I think I mean there's still there are still issues with kind of the zombie the zombie players right especially Mm. if you look at the community days everyone they they walk around like this (laughs) I mean I I have I have to I have to admit I've almost bumped into people and or trees and or children and or dogs several times um, when I doing have witnessed people walk into lampposts I have not yet done it myself I'm not excluding it for the possibility <laughs> and I've been doing some other research on Pokemon Go um, and, and there have been some other safety issues where people were ba- would basically sit and, and wait, wait for people to come to show up people, and then yeah. rob them some other fairly anti-social behaviours that, that were going on and, and what's been interesting actually recently is seeing um, people get very. There, there are some, ex, let's say, extreme players of Pokemon Go mm-hmm. who basically build grudges against other people who play the game because part of it is vaguely competitive. You know, you have a team yeah. and you have the gyms and you have to keep hold over it, mm-hmm. capture a flag basically. Mm-hmm. And there will be people who go around and target specific people because they want to make their lives difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's been. Griefers are unfortunately everywhere. Yeah. And that, that is something <laughs> that, that designers of any socially interactive system need to be aware of. These days, there is no excuse anymore for the naive expectation that netiquette will emerge that that (laughs) stops this. It's not Mm. a reasonable attitude anymore. We know griefers are everywhere, and so anything that that you hope is going to go viral um, Mm. and end up with a mass system, you have to consider the fact that it will attract griefers just by being, even if it doesn't attract them initially, just by Mm. being popular. Yes. It will attract griefers. Yeah, and I mean, even Ingress was having has has a lot of problems with griefers as well. Yes, uh, and actually Ingress, which is which made which actually surprised me that they didn't even they didn't even seem to they, they, it took them ages to put up a reporting mechanism for players. <coughs> the banning waves seem to be more concerned about things like cheating in yeah. terms of like hacking or well, like spoofing. The games rules rather yeah, than rather than, than actually yeah. being antisocial. While, yeah. while playing the game or threatening someone else's safety or yeah, yeah but i think but it's also hard especially when you've got the, the like if you're if you're sitting at home on a computer and playing like call of duty or whatever and mm. you're griefing other people it, it's a little bit in some ways it's a different level of 
care that need the, yes. than it, when you actually have people who are physically yes, yes. and this is the thing because you're you not just an avatar <laughs> yeah but you can't uh, you can't mm. even these days with something which is purely virtual say that you that, that you can ignore that side and then when you add the physical presence oh, yeah. aspect as well the... it, yeah it just makes it just makes it worse because you know you, you you still have the virtual griefing but you've got much more of the possibility for mm. physical threatening and physical violence and muggings or rapes or uh, any uh, physical activity even just down to physical um, intimidation yeah so, stalking that mm. was reported by yeah. yeah actually we've been talking about this as safety to some extent that's what more precisely what you might define as the security aspect mm. yes um, of this but the safety aspect as well is something I addressed in the paper mm. things like and I think they, this is one of the things they did early on was they realised that actually having train platforms as um, a play area was a really stupid idea yes. and that they they did initially and that they then oh uh, yes actually no train station no no train platforms are still oh. they are still yep absolutely oh. I sit I can sit on a train from Birmingham to Leicester as you're going through on the train you can you can tag each each mm. one as you go as you go by I mean you may not be able to sit there and yeah. fight a gym or whatever because the train will leave but um, certainly Nuneaton's got I think two mm. gyms at it um, and I or at least a gym and a poker stop yeah there's there's yeah. because that's just a, an environment in which the, the the zombie player is particularly bad but also I mean partly this initial thing where people thought mm. they had to chase the Pokemon because there were, I think that there might were people be it. walking yeah. off yes. the platforms yeah. Um, you know, there were also people on one of the things is that particularly in Japan, it happens elsewhere as well, but particularly in Japan, a lot of medium size not even the big, but even medium sized stations are three dimensional. So you've got different layers. Mm. And so people were sometimes using the selfie sticks to try and, and ah. capture and you know, waving a selfie stick around on a, a, a platform on an electric wow. train line with overhead wires is oh incredibly God, that's, dangerous. That's incredible. And they, I mean, they, is, they, yeah. they, it, it, and it's not just Pokemon Go. It, it's no. you now see in Japan warnings about don't use a selfie stick on the train platform mm. because you don't even have to touch the wires to arc. Yeah. Um, so they've now got that, and and in Japan <laughs> the, uh, the 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 issue of zombie usage isn't just Pokemon Go either. No. Um, no. It, it's it's an interesting linguistic development in Japanese. The phrase for zombie walking is arukinagara, which just translates to while walking. Oh. And it's, you know, That's there is the longer phrase is mm. you know, um, using your mobile phone while walking. While walking, and it's been shown. But it's been contracted to while, while walking. walking. And you see notices in some places, arukinagara shinaide kudasai, please do not while walking. And they don't tell you what not to do while walking because everyone knows what they everyone mean. Knows it's enough of a problem doing. that they know. Well, if archaeology um, survives as a discipline, we're going to have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a whole bunch of these the, the safety as well as security issues that I think they should have done a little bit better about thinking about these issues mm. to start with. Mm. Um, they should have been more reactive. And as I say, I, I, I can't say that they should have thought of everything ahead of time, but I think they didn't spend enough time thinking about the safety um, mm. aspects. And they should have been more reactive. When the reports started coming in that people were being injured while playing, they had a, a duty to be more reactive and put more resources in yes. mm. to dealing with this more quickly and make it more of a priority. And it's definitely something that the whole developer area and regulatory area needs to look at. We need some industry best practice ideas about this. We need development of data 
to support improvements and things like you know descriptions of how to play the game like you don't need to chase (coughs) if you see a pokemon from a particular spot you see a pokemon from that spot you don't need to move and as we get into more detailed augmented reality with glasses and things or so far i'm not seeing anyone suggesting that you should walk around with oculus drift (laughs) on your head Um, you guys have seen the actual reality video right yeah 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 you know but we we sooner or later we're going to get to semi-holographic displays Mm. and we need to be thinking about these issues whether it's when you're gaming whether it's when you're on twitter whether it's just when you're Mm. watching a video this is a distraction mechanism because as much as we'd like to think we are we're not multitaskers and if our brain is processing two very similar streams of information we're not gonna we just can't deal with that no we can't deal with them adequately yeah. So we're not we, adapted. Yeah. So yeah, we we're not adapting to our technology, right? No, no. <laughs> and so our technology has to adapt to us, and that's yeah. the responsibility of the developers. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see see where this goes. And I, I mean, there are lots of Pokemon Go clones popping up. Like there's a Jurassic Park one. I think mm. Niantic's working on a Ghostbusters one. Or I, yes, I did hear that rumor. Yeah, it may even be out, but you know, nothing's going to come. You're never going to no. get another Pokemon Go for Pokemon. that well, same. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't, re- you can't yeah. just repeat with a sequel generally. No, but something no. else will come along, either a new technology element or a new twist on the concept, which is different enough, mm-hmm. and we might get the surge again. Mm. Um, and we people doing developing and people doing regulation in this area needs to be I mean the thing that that might spur this is 5G when it starts becoming available Mm, Um, and again it's very interesting living in Japan because Japan will be one of the first countries to have major 5G rollout because they're planning it for the Tokyo Olympics Um, so because they want to use it to stream stream and and do interactive stuff around the Olympics so the, Mm. the 5G stuff is being really pushed in Japan for starting to roll out next year so that it's ahead for the Olympics. So 5G is is where that's the next quantum leap in the technology and that's going to provide a basis on which some the next thing like Pokemon Go might come out, Mm. the next thing that that has this surge. And people need to take care about thinking about not just what can you think up ahead of time, but how can you be ready to be reactive and deal with the issues when they do arise. I think multiple disciplines should be involved in this. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think really, we're, we're all sitting around, think, I'm thinking about kind of the heritage and the archaeology and the built environment, and you're thinking about sort of the social landscape and, and the ethics, and, and you think about philosophical aspects along with the this. Same the same thing, basically. <laughs> yeah, but you take two different approaches. Uh, we should maybe have some of those nutty human geographers and mm. some anthropologists I mean, if we all got together and were like, you know, let's talk about the social landscape of this environment, you know, then then we could probably do a better job of anticipating harms when this yeah. next great surge, as you characterise it, could come. Yeah. So developers, look us up, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, always, we're always happy to come and consult, aren't we? Oh, <laughs> do, do let us know. Absolutely. We so, love games too. We do like games. We want them to succeed. <laughs> yes, we want them to succeed. We want them to be fun. We want them to be safe. Yes. Well, on that note, I I just want to say thanks, thanks, Andrew, for, Thank for spending some time in the hotel room <laughs> recording. 
I think we're all going to go and get a cab to the airport now. That's right. Time to go home. Thank you very much for listening to us. Yes, um, I want to say thank you to Emma for producing. Um, Also have some credits, which I'll just let the normal credits guy, who happens to be my husband, say, because I can't remember them. The credits guy. The credits guy. My husband, the credits guy. Wow. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Not Just a Game podcast. The music is Hot Machine Cold Surface by Ben Prunty from OC Remix. Graphics are from the Noun Project.